first, I, I mean, the most important thing is if you're going to be successful as an attorney in a small town like this is that you have to do quality work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know that early on it, it's easy to get caught up in, like, the numbers. How many, how many hours have I billed, you know, this month or how many new clients uh, did I retain this month? And you get caught up in that and, and you know, you can kind of take your eye off the ball. And, I mean, the, at the bottom line is, at the end of the day, if I'm doing good work, mm-hmm. if I'm being a good lawyer today, the rest is going to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Good afternoon, Portsmouth, Ohio. You are listening to the Glock and Doc Audio Encounter with Dale King. And we are sitting here with a very special guest. We have a few special guests, actually. Billy Deaver of Deaver Law Firm. And we've got a fellow coach in here from PSKC. Her name is Haley Barberitz. Hey, guys. Hi. Good afternoon. Hi. Consiglieri, how are you? Well, how are you, sir? I'm living the dream, my friend. You picking up my voice? Yeah, Just, you you can you can talk in your regular voice on the podcast. Talking my I specifically request your smooth. your attorney voice. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Well, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> so we've asked Billy to come onto the podcast today because um, he's a local attorney here in Portsmouth and. Um, Quite frankly, we kind of like him. He wow. works out at the gym here. Speak for yourself. Going to blush. And you might see him out at Kroger or wherever you frequent and mistake him for Dale. However, he's not, it's not Dale. But if you think, hey, I think I just saw che- Dale King, it's probably Billy. Yeah. It's probably a cheap version. <laughs> <laughs> very, very watered down. <laughs> Dale lightened. Yeah. So I was gonna say that we we're just two very We could probably attractive start men, a some sort of lawsuit for profiling bald men with beards. Because mm-hmm. that's all that's happening. We're being profiled. Discriminated against. Yep. Absolutely. Sounds like a nineteen eighty three federal lawsuit. <laughs> and also if you're listening and you're wondering where Tim is, I just got a message from him that said if you have not had the pulled pork salad at Fusion yet, do so. <laughs> Thank you, Tim, for providing value as usual. Glad to know you're on lunch, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty upset that Tim didn't show up for my podcast. Well, I think I'm going to have to talk to him about that. <clears throat> He's, uh, I don't think he can bench 225 anymore. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm pretty certain that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. So Lost some points in my book. So. Bill. Yes, sir. We need to let people know that hearing the word attorney is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Because starting it off early in business, I avoided lawyers like the plague. Yeah. 
So what we want to do, we, we want to get into your story, um, your philosophy on law, uh, and more importantly for today, we want, to, we want to veer the discussion towards how can attorneys help small business owners and all the steps we need to take to set up protecting ourselves um, from the legal standpoint, you know. Okay. Are we going to, do we need to set up LLCs? What does in, business insurance look like? What, like regardless of the industry or the business we want to go in, mm-hmm. what do we need to do? But before we go there, mm-hmm. how did you get into the law? Well, uh, that's a good question. I graduated from uh, with my undergrad. Uh, bachelor's degree in government from Center College in 2006, and I didn't go immediately to law school. Um, I took a year off and actually interned with a financial company in Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, doing that, you know, we did a lot of work with, uh, you know, financial advisors, accountants, and attorneys, and it and it seemed to me from doing that that uh, the attorney was sort of always the quarterback of whatever estate planning, um, you know, or or business that we were involved in. And I, seeing that, I thought that's you know that's what I want to do. I want to be that guy. I mean, it, everything kind of runs through the attorney in regards to, you know, estate planning and um, sort of like those kinds of business uh, negotiations. So um, after a year of of doing that, I um, took the law school admissions exams and um, applied and started law school like two months later in the summer of 2007 at University of Dayton and graduated, did an accelerated program, graduated in two years. So I graduated in 2009 with my JD and then took the bar in the summer of 2009 and uh, passed, thankfully. (laughs) It always helps. Yes, (laughs) it's good to pass the bar exam. Um, And then uh, immediately came home and uh, started to work with my father and grandfather, they're both attorneys. Um, my dad's been practicing since uh, I believe he got licensed in 1980. Uh, grandfather licensed in 1956, and he still practices. Um, still in the office every morning before anyone. And so I practiced with them for a few years and kind of learned um, learned the ropes. Just generally, how to um, really learn a lot about how to run a law firm. I mean, grand, Grandpa's um, their law firm is the oldest law firm in Ohio. Oh, um, wow! It was founded in eighteen something, uh, but wow. it's the longest active, continuous law firm in Ohio. Um, so the way they do things there is not much different now than it was, you know, back in the beginning. I mean, the 
when you get a bunch of lawyers together in a firm, um, you know, there's a certain way that you have to run things so that, um, you know, everybody's happy and, um, and that you can, you know, pay the bills. And so I, I learned a lot about, you know, the business of it and, and really how to, how to be successful as a lawyer. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, um, you know, private practice isn't for everyone. Um, a lot of people try it and realize that, you know, they would rather go, you know, work for the state or in-house for some larger company. And that those things are fine. Um, but private practice, especially in a small town, is um, it's a unique experience. And um, Why do you say that? Well... For instance, you know, because you know more of your clientele, like on a personal level, like that. But you know, I, I'm have my own shop. I'm the only lawyer in my office. I never know what's going to come in my door. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't specialize. I mean, there are some some things that I do more of than other things, but mm-hmm. you cannot the the business model of specializing in this town um, would not work well because there's just not enough of any one particular kind of business, maybe domestic relations work, but so I don't specialize. I have things that I like to do more than others, but so I have to stay on my toes. And there's a lot of times that, that people will come in with an area of law that, you know, I'm not, familiar with Mm -hmm. I mean they have a strange case and Mm -hmm. very unique problem and um, so I'm constantly researching and and trying to stay abreast of the uh, new developments in several different areas of law and that's interesting to me Um, you know doing the same thing every day would get old for Mm -hmm. me Um, so you know I have for instance um we're gonna go to trial on a on a murder case in uh, November this year, um, but I also do you know while preparing for that, you know I will we'll still be um, handling divorces and small business issues, mm-hmm. and so the range of things that I do on a daily basis is wide. When did you decide to... So how long did you work with your your, your father and your grandfather? Uh, three years. Okay. Uh, and then I, um, I joined uh, or went out on my own. And um, I've, I've since practiced with, um, you know, some other lawyers in town mm-hmm. uh, that have had, you know, considerable, considerable amount of experience. Um, practiced, uh, worked a lot with Stan Bender. He was a mentor of mine for a long time, still is. Um, and I tried to surround myself with good lawyers and people that I think have done a good job at it and people that I admire. And I've soaked up as much as I can from them in that time. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's critical, especially for a young lawyer. I, you know, 
I say that I'm out on my own, but I'm never on my own. Okay. I'm always leaning on older uh, attorneys, and um, I, I don't know how you do it successfully without relying on those guys. Yeah, because that was going to be my next question, because I've seen, like, obviously in TV shows and things like that, like, on big cases or cases where you're not, like, specialized, like you said, and like, bringing in another attorney to help you. So I, I didn't yeah. know what, like, the parameters of that were. Like, you can go out to other offices or if you and yeah. your dad wanted to work together and yeah, and we case, do. then you can. We do. I mean, yeah. I consult him or work with him um, directly mm-hmm. on things. Um, it's one of the first things I learned was that, you know, if I get in a case where I feel like I'm in over my head is to swallow my pride and bring it help. Yeah. Um, you know, the worst thing I can do is be unprepared or be in over my head because, you know, the, the client is suffers from that. Right. So I'm constantly reaching out. I'm not too proud to ask um, for help for, from older attorneys. And, I mean, the, the times that I have to reach out are fewer and further between than they were, obviously, five years ago. Right. But, um, you know, I, I have, I'm lucky to have, you know, a close relationship with my family. I mean, my grandfather's practiced, like I said, for 60 years, mm-hmm. there's not much he hasn't seen. And, um, if I'm ever stumped, um, you know, I know that I can call him and he's going to have an answer for me. And, you know, if he doesn't, Stan will, or, yeah. you know, Stan doesn't, my dad will. I, it's somebody, and sometimes they all three have different um, opinions. different opinions on, on the same, because in law, there are, there's always more ways than one to skin a cat. I mean, um, and that's part of it that I like. I mean, you can be very creative with it. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead, Dale. So, earlier you discussed a different types of law. Mm-hmm. What what are some of your what are the ones that you really like to spend your time with? Um, lately, I, I've been helping a lot of uh, small business owners, um, and and I enjoy that because um, I I like helping people create something that you can see a tangible result in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I've worked with small businesses from the moment they filed their LLCs uh, to the point recently um, I, I worked with uh, uh, an old friend of mine he's got a startup in Boston a tech company where um, you know they're issuing stock so um, I like seeing the you know the evolution of a business from the outset um, all the way through until they're, you know, signing the successful contracts and, you know, and making money, making money. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of making money, what are the economics involved as an attorney, as you being a small business owner? So how, how, how do you, how does a law firm, not necessarily a law firm, but how does a private attorney in a small town or big town, how do you, how do you make your money? That's a good question, and thank you. <laughs> um, to be honest, it, it is not 
anything what I I believe the general perception is of being an attorney. Billable hours. Yeah, billable hours. I mean, they, I there are at any given time a handful of cases where you know you have a client that says, "Look, just send me a bill, uh, however many hours you got in it, and there's no cap on that." I mean that in this town doesn't really happen. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I first, I, I mean, the most important thing is if you're going to be successful as an attorney in a small town like this is that you have to do quality work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know that early on it, it's easy to get caught up in like the numbers. How many, how many hours have I billed, you know, this month or how many new clients, uh, did I retain this month? And you get caught up in that and, and, you know, you can kind of take your eye off the ball. And I mean, the, at the bottom line is at the end of the day, if I'm doing good work, if I'm being a good lawyer today, the rest is going to take care of itself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, I, uh, I I try not to take cases, um, you know, I'll say it this way. There are a lot of times that people need help or have problems with things that it doesn't make sense for them to hire a lawyer. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of an example, but, you know, um, uh, for instance, there's, I've been involved in property disputes where neighbors are fighting over a two-foot sliver of land between their homes. Right. Well, you know, I have a client come to me and say, look, you know they're angry. There's a lot of emotion in it, and they want to. They just want to throw money at it, and money at it, and money at it until, before you know it, it's four years later. You spent five thousand dollars in legal fees, yeah. and you're not anywhere closer to okay. So, so you win, but you're out five thousand dollars. So, I've learned to identify those cases early on and tell folks, look, even if you win, you know. <laughs> This is going to be the result. This is the best you can do. Mm-hmm. And is that really worth it to you? Sometimes it is. Sometimes, you know, you hear, I hear people say a lot, say, oh, well, it's about principle. Mm-hmm. Well, that's dangerous. I mean, <laughs> people can follow principle right mm-hmm. into bankruptcy. Right. Um, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's it. And, and, and some people, you know, I warn them, it's like, this probably doesn't make sense for you to pursue, you know, in this way. It's going to cost you this amount of money, and so... So, that's pretty good on you, though, like, as a lawyer, because, like you said earlier, like, the perception of what an attorney is and what we're trying to do here is make it not seem like such a bad guy. Like, you're going into it looking at, like, do they really need me? Am I just wasting their money? Whereas, like, a lot of people would typically think, like... That's well, what yeah. you're in it for. Well, yeah. and I can't say that all all attorneys, you know, have the same yeah. philosophy. You right. know, I, I think that some attorneys believe, you know, if if this client wants this done and they want to pay this amount of money, we're going to let them. I I think there's a greater responsibility there, and yeah. I want people to trust me. Right. And I want to be honest with with these folks because that's the only way they're going to come back to me. And um, you know, I I think as a business model uh, for one and 
otherwise just ethically, you know, you got to play the tape out for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to do this, you want to pursue this. Well, let's think about what your end result is. And a lot of times if if you can get that client to take the emotion out of it, right. Then they realize, you know, this money would be better off spent, you know, on something else, you know, yeah. hell I'll go on vacation or, you know, so would you would you rather prefer? And of course, you don't have to like get into the specifics of it, but is it just a it's a matter of client acquisition and then client retention? Right. I mean, I I think for me, I want quality clients. It would be fair to say you'd rather deal with legal issues when the person's not in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. I you know I most of the time. Um, small business owners will come to me after something has already happened. Okay. They're being sued uh, for breaching a contract or they've been fired from a contract with a partner and they come to me and they want something done about it and you go back through and look at the contract that they signed three years ago that you didn't look at. That I didn't look at and it, you know, it says very clearly that, well... They don't really have many options. So I tell people, especially small business owners, all the time, you know, bring me these contracts ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Don't sign anything before I review it because you spend a little money on the front end. And, you know, contract review is relatively inexpensive. I mean, compared to the problems that can happen on the back end Mm -hmm. from not having contracts reviewed or drafted properly... It can kill a business. I mean, I've seen um, contracts, bad contracts, literally put people out of business. And problems that could have easily been solved on the front end. Okay. I mean, with maybe the change of a one or two provisions of a contract. So let, let's get into that. So I have, I'm going to open up ABC Company. Mm-hmm. I've never done a business thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've created a service. I've got whatever. I've got some sort of food service, mm-hmm. or I've got uh, a T-shirt company. Hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. called Third and Court. Called Third and Court. Mm-hmm. Ding. Yeah. Vintage hometown apparel. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? Give a give me your top things as a business owner. I need to see a lawyer about before I can start my business and then once I get my business okay. operating. Uh, for free. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. I started the clock. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and that concludes our <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> Cut. Uh, the first thing that you want to decide and discuss with your attorney is... Um, what kind of business organization you're going to form. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether it's a limited liability partnership or a limited liability company uh, versus a corporation. Um, And, you know, what, you know, which one of those to, to choose from is going to depend on your specific situation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think, Commonly around here, you see a lot of limited liability companies, LLCs, and so. And, and what you want to look at when you, when you're thinking about uh, corporate structure is, or, or or what kind of company 
to form your business under um, is, you know, first you want to limit, ideally, you want to limit your personal liability. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Ohio, you can do that with corporations or limited liability companies, limited liability partnerships. Uh, and what that does, when you form, when you actually form a company or a corporation, that company is a separate entity that has its own rights and privileges, um, just like any person would. Right. And so it takes like the owner out of it. Takes the owner out of it, and and that's what you want to do. You want to protect your personal assets, mm-hmm. and more, you know I see a lot of people that that you know think well, you know I'm a small enough business to where. I don't need to do that. And that's just not true because what you're doing is you're protecting your liability. Um, you know, if you know, you're in the course and scope of operating your business and uh, you, know, you happen to drive left to center and hit somebody in, in a car and paralyze them. Yeah, okay. Um, there you go. You, know, you want to protect your personal assets. And no matter how small you are, it makes sense to limit your personal liability. Now, do I need to have an LLC before I can engage in commerce? You don't have to have an LLC. I mean, you you can... A lot of people uh, operate sole proprietorships where they just go out and and operate uh, under, you know, a, some business name that they've either trademarked or a lot of times not trademarked. Right. And that's common. You see a lot of people unprotected and... What is the disadvantage of me having an LLC? Um, versus sole proprietorship, whatever. I really I really don't know of a lot of disadvantages to it. Step I mean, one, I, get I, an LLC. Yeah, yeah. it's... I, I uh, you know, I guess the disadvantages would be... Or inconveniences. Paying the lawyer fees. Yeah, Paying the lawyer, you're you're yeah. going to pay a, a fee to the state to file it. Um, the, the LLC actually doesn't a lot of time, and, and I'm not an accountant, but the the tax implications could be a little different, and I'm not going to get into those. But um, then you have to open a bank account, and you just really have to stay organized. Oh, so you have to run it like a business. So you have to run it like you a business. business. Run it like a business. <laughs> yeah, you have to keep you have to keep your assets separate. You know, you want to keep business assets in a business checking account. You have to open a business checking account. In order to do that, you have to get an employee ID identification number from uh, the IRS. Who, so who's going to help me do all that? You're looking at it, buddy. Okay. So, <laughs> so this and I'm bringing all these up to the listeners because I've had to learn this. The hard way, of course, like yeah. with everything else. Like, someone was like, listen, jackass, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can say, like, you got two things in life. You got time or money. Yeah. You could pay an attorney to, hey, I got a business idea. This is what I want to do. Here's whatever the agreed upon two fee is mm-hmm. for you to help me with this. Or I can spend six months struggling and doing all this shit myself. Right. You got to make that decision on what's what's a more economical thing for you. And I guarantee you, like right. It's going to be higher professional to help right. you 
navigate all these waters. Yeah, like I said, on the front end, uh, you bring these these problems to an attorney, and you know you you're going to pay him something. Um, most of the time, that's going to be a lot less money than what you have to pay him on the back end to clean it up. Yes. Okay. I mean, it's it's really just that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that goes for not just setting up your business, but um, you know, there are a lot of times that I can identify problems in a contract that folks bring to me and say, "Hey, you know, I want to you know buy this property through the business." Uh, here's the purchase agreement. Are these fair terms? I mean, um, because chances are the person selling it to you, they've had a lawyer draw up that purchase agreement, and it's probably not going to be favorable to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody tends to in business kind of look out for themselves, and so you need somebody that's going to be looking out for you. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times it's not really the language that's in the contract; it's what's not in the contract, and so. You know, my advice generally to people would would be to get that advice on the front end and do things right the first time, um, and that's not going to totally eliminate your problems. I mean, sure, you're you're if you're going to do business um, and you do enough of it, eventually you're you're going to have you're going to run into problems. Um, someone's not going to be happy with you or or you know your service and. Um, you know, you're you do enough business, you're bound to have problems no matter how well protected or or well organized or formed your company is. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my experience, you know, handling these problems on the front end has greatly reduced the trouble on the back end. Okay, so I've got my business idea. I get an attorney. And I figure out some sort of articles of configure confederate or configuration, whatever is it? Organization. Or is it that too? Or an LLC or. or you file a corporation, there are articles of incorporation, um, and so you know you you and and a lot another thing that that it's is really helpful that I think people should should be aware of is that you know if 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 you Dale are starting a a company and you have partners. And you form an LLC, and you, your partners and you go into business together. Um, you know, you guys might all be friends and get along great right now. Mm-hmm. And if that company starts doing well and it starts paying out money, yep. and everything's great. Mm-hmm. And what happens when there's you know one of the partners wants out? Mm-hmm. What do you do? So operating agreements are agreements between the partners that um, you know will dictate you know cash payouts, disillusion of the company, um, you know what you know who's got what control, um, and so if you map those kinds of things out ahead of time, um, then it's every it's clear with everybody. Um, you know, everybody's very upfront about it. Everybody knows what you know their responsibility is. Everybody uh, knows what their expectations should be as far as payouts, and so you take a lot of some of that tension away right. 
from the business partnership. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't th- Sadie and I don't really care because we, we basically say exactly what we did, and that's pretty much it. So, uh, with Third and Court, there's four partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of us have voting rights in the company. And as far as we're concerned, all voting rights mean if there's a disagreement or if there's a uh, people want to go this direction or that direction, only three of us have uh, have voting rights because there needs to be it can't be a two and two split. Right. Um, and then more importantly than that, and Renee and I have done this as well because um, with Doc Spartan, there's just two of us. Right. Well, three counting Robert. Um, right. But he's more of a silent partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so Renee and I get to dictate the the course of the company but more important than that is hey i'm going to be in charge of sales and marketing right you are going to be in charge of customer service you are going to be the chief creative officer right right you are going to handle all the financials of the company right and and it's good to write that stuff down and not just uh, expect or assume that everybody's going to know that and Mm -hmm. um in regard like Regardless of if you want to have have an attorney draw that up um, to put the necessary legal language in it, I would recommend anybody in a partner. If anybody's more than just a sole proprietorship, put that on paper for you and your partner or you and your partners. Sure. Because it will eliminate a lot of... Because here's what you'll find. If you can agree... Because there's going to be... In your daily task list of running a company... Whatever, there's daily duties that need to get done. Right. Um, and it needs to be assigned to somebody either as a co-owner slash partner or an employee. Right. And that's all the duties you can think of before you open up. Right. But then what you'll have is, oh, shit, there's 20 extra duties. Yeah. Well, then, you know, hopefully no one's playing the not it game. Right. Or like, you, that's your job, that's not my job kind right. of thing. Um so it just helps to have that stuff on paper. Right. Well, well, and also, you know, if you look at a thorough operating agreement, it's going to, it's going to lay out, um, you know, in order of, so let's assume that, you know, one of the partners passes away for some reason. I mean, these things happen. Sure, this yeah. is life. Right. No one plans for those things to happen, really, or expects them to, but they do happen. Mm-hmm. What happens to, you know, that that partner's share of, of the business? Mm-hmm. Um, does it pass to his family, or does it pass to the other business partners? And, uh, you know, you now have uh, two little ones, right. so that's something that you know, I'm sure that you're thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, um, being, having a hand in three businesses here. I mean, that's, so, so those are the kinds of things. I mean, uh, everything from like, like you'd mentioned job duties, um, and responsibilities to, you know, in the event that, um, you know, one partner wants out or one partner, um, you know, passes away or, or one partner once says, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to sell, uh, you know, skincare products anymore. Or, right. Um, I want to sell my share. Well, mm-hmm. how do you value that that share of the company? Right. Um, and that's all pre-established. Yeah, and you want to establish that ahead of time because what happens is if you know if you wait until the problem arises to address it and you can't agree with the partner on it, then that sours the entire company. Right. When if you 
if you agree to it ahead of time, you know, it can be very smooth and, you know, business can go on. So what other legal assistance do I need opening my business? Um, well, business formation is a big one and, and drafting your initial agreements, your operating agreements. Um, um, sometimes you'll, you know, um, you'll, you'll want to draft bylaws and, and uh, for your corporation and mm-hmm. if, uh, like I said, it, it's very personalized mm-hmm. depending on, on you know, the business and the people involved in the business and how they want to be taxed. And so there, you know, there are a lot of variables. Um, but you, you can't just have a lawyer um, and expect them to take care of every issue that's going to come along the way. I mean... Uh, I recommend to my clients that, you know, after they're finished seeing me, that they go straight to an accountant, develop a relationship with that accountant, and and stay in constant communication with right. that accountant. Because, yeah. um, and, and a lot of times I will work directly with the accountants on, you know, you know, when we're forming a company or corporate structure on... Uh, you know, what are the best tax implications for this person? You know, how can we work together to help them, um, you know, avoid p- paying self-employment tax and sure. those kinds of issues. So, um, you know, I I like to kind of think of myself as the quarterback of that team, but, you know, I, I think absolutely accountant and a good accountant should be involved. Um, you also want to make sure that your business is insured. There are, there are a lot of good folks around here that will work with you to sell business insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, really it's step one is to surround yourself with good quality people that know what they're doing and that, right. that you can trust. And, and, you know, all of this, what he just said, is not sexy. No. At no. all whatsoever. No. Nope. But it's good information. And you can start, you know, you know, you just want to sell your widget. Yeah. That's make, why you got, you didn't make a million dollars. You didn't get into business to deal with attorneys right. and deal with accounting and deal with insurance. Right. Well, tough shit. Well, doing these things theoretically will help your bottom line. Exactly. I mean, you, if you have a product that is just so great that you can sell the shit out of it, make a million dollars and you never get sued and you have no issues with taxes, great. <laughs> right. But I've not seen it. Well, and the more successful you get as a company, the more target. That's it? That there is more of a target that comes upon your back, and it's real easy for somebody to slip and fall on your sidewalk. Yeah. The deeper your pockets you get, the more attractive you look um, you know, to a potential lawsuit, and it's just kind of unfortunately the way of the world sometimes and you want to make sure that you are shored up mm-hmm. and you've covered all your your angles so good deal man so what are some of the top things you've learned as a business owner uh, now you know we discussed the tactical implications of practicing right. law I, I would say the first thing would be to surround yourself with good people 
you know, I have tried to find the best people, you know, in my business. And uh, like I mentioned, I, I had a mentor that I still stay in contact with. And I believe he's very good at what he does. He's been successful and he has good reputation. And, and so I get with him, you know, and, um, and I, I keep in touch with him. I, you know, I think you, the closer you stay with those kinds of folks, it's, it, it kind of rubs off on you. Mm-hmm. They're good influence. And so I think number one is, is not just, you know, surround yourself with good people on the outside, but also have good people working for you. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing, probably the single most valuable thing to me uh, as a solo practitioner is that I have... Uh, a good paralegal I have somebody running my shop Mm -hmm. on a day to day basis that I can trust that knows what she's doing that's really organized because that makes all the difference and if you ask any other lawyer they're going to tell you the same thing Mm -hmm. you've got to have good people working for you that are experienced honest and and know what they're doing Um, because it's a lot you know, if you do it right and you do it well, you're going to have a lot of business, and things can get hairy sometimes. Sure, your schedule can get packed, and if you don't have somebody at the helm steering the ship, so you can go and do all that work, then you know you're asking for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd say surround surround yourself with good people. What was what was some of the biggest lessons you learned early on? Um, that you that you, like because we all learn from essentially lessons that are painful, right? You know what I mean. I, I would say that it's to just worry about the twenty four hours ahead of me. Um, to show up in the morning and do good work that day. Be a good lawyer today. Not worry about. You know, tomorrow or a month from now, or what the billables were last month, or what they're projected to be like two months from now. I need to be a good lawyer today on the contract that I'm drafting now, um, on the trial that I'm in now. I need to do good now because it's very easy to worry about what happened yesterday or sweat about and stay up all night about what's going to happen you know, next week. But what matters is what I'm actually doing right now. Mm-hmm. That's being present. Being present and and staying um, on task. I mean, things are going to come up that are going to disappoint me. Things are going to come up that piss me off. And those things, if I allow them to, will take my eye off the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to reset every day. And I'm, I'm not perfect at it. I mean, I'm not as Zen master, you know, but the more that I can do that, get up each morning and say, you know, to myself that I'm going to worry about being good today. And then what happens is if you can string enough of those days together is that the problems, the bigger problems kind of go away. Mm-hmm. And the good days the, become good weeks. That's right. And the concerns that I have, you know, about next week or next month those kind of look smaller because all of a sudden you've strung together 
you know, two months of just doing really solid work. If you do solid work for people, you know, you're going to have fewer problems. So, I mean, if you don't have a quality service, it doesn't matter what your corporate structure is. It doesn't matter whether you're an LLC or a sole proprietorship uh, because no one's going to hire you. No one wants your service. I mean, these things are relevant to people that are providing a quality service and doing a good job. And so, um, you know, I think when you're a young lawyer or business person, it's very easy to get caught up in how do we make more money? Um, you know, and that's important. You got to pay the bills, but it's not the most important thing. And if that's your focus, I think you're going to probably have trouble. Uh, but when I started focusing on just doing a good job, all that other shit just kind of started taking care of itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I sometimes I need reminders of that. But, you know, um, yeah, that's by far and away, I think, the most valuable lesson that I learned. And I, I think personally speaking for me, um, I never wanted to go see attorney. I've avoided attorneys like the plague. Uh, because, you know, I don't, it was some sort of intimidation factor. Right. You know, if you're dealing with somebody you don't really know. Right. Or like, oh, well, this is the lawyer my dad used. Right. For a long time. So you're, you're kind of scared of having an honest and open discussion. Right. Which needs to be paramount when dealing with your attorney. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, Hey, here's where I'm at. This is what I want to do. Um, what do I need to do from a legal standpoint right. to protect my assets or right. going forward or you know, contract? Well, with you? yeah, and I'm aware of that. I mean, I'm aware that when people come into me for the first time, they're nervous. Mm-hmm. And so I try to develop some kind of rapport with them so that they can open up and, um, and be honest with me. I mean, they need to trust me. There's nothing, you know, that anybody can come into my office and tell me that's, going to shock me right right <laughs> um so and, and you know i'm not here to judge my clients that's not what i do i'm here to solve their problems mm-hmm. and and in order to do that i have to know everything mm-hmm. the dirty stuff i mean a lot of times clients want to come into me and they want to they want to sell you know how what they've done is not that wrong or they want to tell me just all the good things that they've done and they want to hide that, you know, stuff that's difficult to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But that's the most important stuff to me as their attorney mm-hmm. to know. So no, that's a good point. Yeah. So I mean I can't you know, I can't say enough good things about you. Like uh, you've helped you've helped stuff with the gym. Um, you know, if I ever Basically, it's it's really it's really satisfying for me to be able to pick up the phone and call you on questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are very um, they're cost intimidated mm-hmm. to do that. Right. And I would say, like, you know, it, you're regardless of whatever the charges or the billable hours. Now it's it, it that knowledge is valuable. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you can't be if like. You can only Google so much. Right. Guess, guess what? You're not a lawyer. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, 
So on different things like you know con- negotiating contracts, um, you, you've been a significant help to us on that, and so I can't good. say no. good enough uh, things about you for that, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, and, and it's just good because you know we're we're around the same age, right? And um, we're so, identical twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. And like, because you know, there's just been. There's been stuff that people have tried to scam me on. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That, you know, that's the other side of business no one really wants to talk about is, I'm like, man, this does not sound right. And then, hey, Billy, what's the deal with this? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So whether it's Billy or whoever, I think just kind of what we've always talked about on the podcast, the importance of developing relationships with people. That's is it. Key. But get a good team around you and and get familiar and comfortable with them and and stay in contact with them. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone. You know, I I shouldn't say this, but most of the time when clients call me and they have a question and about, you know, something in 5 or 10 minutes, I you know, I'm not getting out, you know, my timesheet and <laughs> you know, point 1 on right. this phone I should. Um but I don't because I they're my clients. I want to service them when they have an issue. You know, then we'll talk about sure. you know fees and all that. But you know, I'm here to help them, and I want them to be comfortable. And one way to do that is making them feel comfortable enough to pick up the phone and call me, or shoot me a text and say, "Hey, you know, I what do you think about this?" And uh, you know, I'm happy to answer that question for them. So, I'm listening to the podcast, and mm-hmm. I've got an idea for a business. Mm-hmm. Where can I go if I want to talk directly to you? Uh, I have an office here in town. It's at 1110 Gay Street. I also uh, I have a Facebook uh, page for my business that you can um, reach me at, or you can call um, 353-8877, and there will be someone there to take your call uh, between the hours of 8 and 5, Monday through Friday. <laughs> Simple enough. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, man. It's been great. I'm I'm pretty sour that Tim wasn't here. <laughs> noted. Really <laughs> noted. Well, I'm going we to... He's eating pulled pork. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might have to review his billables. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate you being here. And like, for all... Everybody listening, new to business, getting into, get into business... Find an attorney in the early on to make sure your paperwork is squared away. Yep. Just just from a bare minimum. Because with everything that's about to hit, as soon as you open your doors, that's the last thing you want to spend time, effort, and energy on. Right. Get Find yourself an attorney. Find out the the necessary laws of your industry. Right. Um, you know, zoning. I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of unfor- like shit that I just call bullshit. That is Licensing. Like, Zoning, licensing, um, you know, I'll never forget, like, when we opened this building here and having to get building code inspectors, and that's not necessarily legal, but, like, there's just all kinds of stuff that you can hire people to do Mm -hmm. that's going to save you a lot of time and money in the long run. Lawyers are are paramount. Yeah, those problems just get in the way of business. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So, speaking of business... If you guys want to support the podcast, here's what we got. We got a couple different ways you can do it. 
Um, just mention podcast. Go to thirdandcourt.com. We've got some fresh new tees coming out. Um, fall's coming. We've got some long sleeves and some hoodies coming at you. Use, use the code podcast when you go to complete your purchase, and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Same thing for, for Doc Spartan. Uh, DocSpartan.com. Use code podcasts. And uh, if you want to hit up the gym, we'll give you guys $50 off the 101 course. Just come in and, and talk to anybody on staff and tell them you're a, a lawyer. Li- a lawyer. Li- not a lawyer. <laughs> you're a loyal <laughs> listener. And uh, we will hook it up. Same thing. Um, same thing if you're going to get your car serviced at Glockner's. Um, you get a percentage discount on that, and you get $250 off the price of a vehicle if you mention podcast. Wow. All right. Good deal. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>